Hey everyone, welcome back to the Data Bytes podcast by Women in Data. I'm your host, Sadie St. Lawrence, and I'm really excited to be talking with um, Luis. So Luis is a LinkedIn consultant and founder and CEO of LinkedIn with Luis. She's also an international speaker. She writes for Social Media Examiner and hosts the LinkedIn with Luis podcast. Also in 2021, Luis was named the Small Business Britain champion. So I'm really happy to be chatting with you, Luis. Thanks so much for joining us. Siri, thank you so much for inviting me on your podcast. I'm really excited about it and I can't wait to dive into all your brilliant questions. Yeah. So, you know, given that you are a LinkedIn consultant, I did do some LinkedIn stalking on you prior <laughs> to this. And dug through the archives to find you actually started off in software engineering and product management. So I found this a really interesting transition, you know, mm -hmm. to go from a really technical kind of skill set to what some may consider more like soft skills with the social media side. So, you know, what made you make that transition and what were some of the lessons you learned along the way? Oh, my goodness. We could like, honestly, we could talk for hours about this. <laughs> So I actually, my first degree was in geography um, geog and I'm really passionate about geography, but I remember finishing my degree and not really knowing what to do with myself. And I went traveling um, and why this is really funny little um, how I got started in software engineering was I was on a boat in Java in Indonesia, like a tiny little boat. Mm -hmm. We were on our way to these little islands called the Gili Islands. And um, I was chatting to these two men or two guys from London who were on a year out from their careers. And we got chatting and I said, what do you do? And the guy says, I'm a software engineer. And I said, what is that? And he started telling me and I thought, oh, that sounds like the kind of thing I'd be interested in. Um, and after I finished traveling, I came back to the UK and I wasn't quite ready to um, go and I don't know, be a teacher or something. I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I signed up to do a master's in um, computing and information systems. And one of the modules was um, Java programming. And this is, a, uh, this is a, quite a few years ago now. And I loved it. Like, I really loved it. I was like, I really know how to do this. I'm really interested in it. And the way my mind works, it's pretty easy for me. Mm -hmm. So when I finished, um, I got a job with BT, which is the big um, telecoms company here in the UK, in their gra graduate software engineering program. And just to put it really in a nutshell, I wasn't given the opportunities um, in that role that I would have liked. Mm -hmm. So I didn't actually get to do any programming. Um, I ended up almost kind of sidelined away from the, the programming piece that I really enjoy doing. And um, after a couple of years, I kind of just got a bit fed up with it, to be honest, City, to be to, the lack of opportunity that I saw. And I left there and I decided that I wanted to put my skills to what I saw as, um, as being of benefit to the world. Like I'm really a bit of an idealist. <laughs> Um, and I went to work for the National Health Service as an IT project manager. And I did that for nine and a half years. Um, and I really enjoyed that. And it was basically, I went out um, to software companies to talk about the kind of software programs that could benefit 
health and social care staff in their everyday jobs. And I really enjoyed it and I worked with a team. And then when I had my kids, um, I went part-time and unbeknownst to me, that was really, the, the, somebody somewhere put a, a line under my name saying no more career advancement because I was part-time. And I, there was a, there was a part-time job. I, you know, it was a good level career. And there was a part-time job or full-time job, sorry, at the next level up. And I was told basically you can apply for it, but you can't get it unless you go full-time. And I thought, well, that's, I'm, that not, that's not good enough for me. I, you know, I'm ambitious. I want to do things. I want to have a, you know, I want to have a great career. And that's when I started looking around to see what else I could do. And social media at that time, not a lot of people were using social media in business. This was 2000, my youngest son was born in 2010. So it's around 2010, 2011. And I've always been interested in all things techie. Even when I was at school, I remember I had, I had an email address as soon as emails came out, I got an email address. So I'm in my 40s, I'm in my mid 40s. Um, and I still have the email address that I got in my school from like 1990, I think. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's still my email address. Um, so I always enjoyed working in online, computers, software, the whole thing. I, I just find, I like, I like getting to the bottom of how things work. Um, and with my kids being really small, I had three kids um, who were all really small, I started helping people figure out how to use Facebook for business. Mm. And I saw that as my way out of where I was. And I started to build that business up on the side to a point where there was a, an issue in my job um, with some other people. And it was really, it was for pure frustration and I was chatting to my husband about it and he said, Louise, your business is going brilliantly. You can leave if you want, you know, it's up to you. You can stay, mm -hmm. you, you, you've made, you've shown that it can work. And that's when I quit my job. And that's really where the business started. So quite a long wow, story, apologize. <laughs> yeah, I think there's so many points in that, your story that our audience relates to. One, just being sidelined, you know, here at Women in Data. <laughs> We have a lot of experience with that, which is unfortunate, but I just love your tenacity of always looking for an opportunity for what's next and willing to like dive into the unknown and figure it out too. Yes. Yeah. Well, my dad would have said that I was quite a stubborn person. So <laughs> <laughs> I like tenacity better. <laughs> I know it sounds a lot, it sounds a lot better when you <laughs> framed it into a positive. <laughs> No, so tell me a little bit about, you started with Facebook, but now mm. with LinkedIn, it sounds like you were an early adopter to, you know, a lot of technology, but also social media. Mm. You know, I feel like in the early days of LinkedIn, everybody was like, okay, I just have a profile. And then just in the most recent years, it's become like, oh, I should actually like be active and engage on there. Mm. So, you know, if someone should everyone be active on LinkedIn or is it just if you're looking for a job or trying to build leads? What's your recommendation to people in terms of using LinkedIn? Okay, so the way LinkedIn has changed as a platform, absolutely, when we all joined it, it was where you go to upload basically your online CV um, and people 
used it as a way to recruit and to get jobs basically mm-hmm. and even LinkedIn have recognized that it's changed um, in that if you are a woman working in your industry and you want to be known for your expertise there is no better place to be doing it than on LinkedIn so the way I see LinkedIn is it's right now I see it there's so few people doing this well that it is really an open space it's like it's like kind of want to say it's like the old wild west where you're heading out west with your wagon and there's so much there's so many places you can stake your claim in the ground um there's it's really somewhere where you should you can get known for your thought leadership and the the clients that hire me that's what they want to do I I work with a lot of women who have left corporate um, to start their own business whether they are a coach or a consultant and whether they're running their own business in the field of the industry that they left whatever it is they're doing and they want to be known as the thought leader in that industry and that's what LinkedIn can do for them because it's the statistics and and we are talking about data here so I'm not like I'm not going to have exact percentages but there's 730 million people have LinkedIn accounts at at this stage of 2021 that has grown from 630 million at in January in 2020 so that's showing you the growth that's experiencing at the minute and still only one percent of the people who use LinkedIn are sharing content on a monthly basis and I mean writing and writing a post on the platform most people 90% of people just go to LinkedIn, scroll through it and might hit the little like button underneath the post and that's all they do. Um, 9% of people will comment on other people's content, content being the posts, the videos, the articles you share and 1% of people who use LinkedIn actually write anything on the platform. So you can see how it's such such an opportunity to raise your profile and your visibility online. Definitely. No, those, I'm quite surprised by those statistics just because mm. I'm sure if you compare them to other platforms like Instagram and Facebook, they yeah. look quite different. You have less yeah. kind of passive, you know, <laughs> passive yeah. watchers on there. There's such, there's such a lot of noise on those other platforms. And that's where, especially for if you're an entrepreneur, and I understand too, like pe- Instagram's pretty easy. People like it. You, you upload a picture. And you write a few things and it's really nice <laughs> but when you take this time to do the same thing on linkedin you get people reaching out to you to find out about you and what you're doing and you know i would say a lot of your listeners probably are interested in having speaking careers and speaking around the topic or the subject that they work in and it's a linkedin is brilliant for that getting found as someone who can speak on particular subjects and topics. I mean, that's how uh, we find each other. It's how I, European women on boards find me. I'm going to be delivering a webinar to them. Um, the UK women in film and TV network find me that way as well. So I get asked to come speak to really fascinating, interesting groups. Um, not just women, but, but a good percentage um, of my audience are women. Um, and it's because they see me on LinkedIn um, and that I'm approachable, friendly, but I know what I'm talking about too. 
Yeah. So what does it really look like to build that brand on LinkedIn? You talk about how so you know, people post, is it really just about posting on LinkedIn or is there like a right and wrong way to use LinkedIn and build mm -hmm. your brand? Yeah. So how I, I work with people is I talk about having four real pillars of how you approach LinkedIn. So number one is you have you've got to have an optimized LinkedIn profile so that if someone goes to your LinkedIn profile, it's up to date and it, whatever they read in it makes them decide whether or not they want to connect with you. So the first thing is you, you really want to make sure that you've got a profile that shows, shows you off what you do, what you know, um, what you work in. The second pillar then is building a valuable network around you on LinkedIn. So that means not just connecting with anybody and everybody, but genuinely connecting with people who you find interesting. They may work in the same field as you or a similar field. Um, connecting with someone who you've heard on a podcast like me today. If, 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 you, if I sound like someone you'd like to know more about, then connect with me on LinkedIn. But connecting with thought and connecting um, with definitely sending a message when you connect with somebody as well to say why you're connecting with them so that you build a network of people on there that you actually enjoy in interacting with. Uh, the third thing is content. So you go to all this effort to build your network. Uh, you have a wonderful profile, but unless you are posting or commenting on the platform, nobody's going to go and find you. Nobody's going to stumble across you by accident. So sharing interesting content that starts conversations is how I like to look at it. Um, so asking your audience about things that they might be interested in. And then the fourth thing is using LinkedIn Messenger um, because that's actually where all the interesting stuff happens on LinkedIn. It's when people start messaging each other and having conversations and seeing where that leads, whether it leads to being invited onto a podcast, um, might lead to an opportunity for work. You just never know where it would lead, but if you don't connect with people with a message, you're kind of... Um, missing a bit of an opportunity there. So getting a good profile, building a really good network that you like to interact with. So when you go to LinkedIn, it's interesting. Sharing content that focuses around the area that you want to be known for. So it's not that you're gonna be going on there and talking about all your hikes that you do at the weekend, unless you are literally trying to build thought leadership in the world of hiking. Um, and the fourth thing is using LinkedIn Messenger to build on those relationships with the people you're connecting with. Yeah, so I like the fact that you brought up the hiking <laughs> example, <laughs> right? Because now LinkedIn has stories and I've always kind of viewed stories as like a more behind the scenes, personal yes. view. Mm -hmm. Like where is the line? Like, do you have to stick with just like, let's say my expertise is in artificial intelligence. So all I can talk about is artificial intelligence or do I show some like human pictures of like, wow, there was a great weekend out hiking. Yes. Like what's, what's the guideline there? So my guideline is pretty easy one to follow is if you were at an industry event or conference or an industry networking event, and you were standing in the line next to somebody grabbing coffee, what do you talk to that person about? Do you only talk about artificial intelligence or do you maybe spot that they have a you know, a, a button pin that has a picture of a dog and it's an Alaskan Husky and you love Huskies or you love dogs, you, you'd start talking about the dogs. Mm -hmm. It's how do you interact with people in your industry um, in a conversational way? 
So while the main focus of the things that you do should be about artificial intelligence, if you also love hiking or you are a strong advocate for feminism or you support, um, I don't know, schoolgirls in Tanzania or somewhere, you know, talking about those things as well, because we connect with humans, don't we? We, we, we are human beings like seeing the humans behind the front. And when you're in business as well, when you show off the people that you work with um, or whatever's going on, you know, in your team, within reason, obviously, don't, don't talk negatively about anybody in your team. I don't think people get that. Um, but yeah, so if it's somebody in your team's birthday, it's a, it's a big celebration this weekend. Why not talk about that as well? But that's why they brought out LinkedIn stories, I think, Sadie, as well. It's to, it's to, it's to encourage younger um, members of the network who are very used to that kind of format and showing that you can do it on LinkedIn too. Yeah, no, I love that example because it really just simplifies it a lot in terms of like, hey, think like a real person. It's not like you become somebody else when you enter the LinkedIn platform. You're still who you are. We're just digitalizing our social interactions there. Yeah. So in terms of posting too, you mentioned about providing, you know, relevant content. Mm-hmm. Um do you have like a rule or guideline for people in terms of how much they should be posting? Is it like once a week? Is it once a month? What's, what's like the best kind of route to go or a goal for yourself? Okay. If you're currently not posting at all, then posting once a month is wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) But generally a general rule of thumb. So I actually, my, my team and I are hired to help people with, their content so we write posts for people we don't post as people so I will never log in as somebody else on LinkedIn because it's against the guidelines um, and it's just it would be weird if you messaged me and it wasn't me that answered but I was pretending to be me I, I just mm-hmm. think that's really weird um, so for those clients we would write two posts a week and that's to re- if you really want to raise your profile on LinkedIn so say you're one of your goals for the next six months is to get seen um, by people because you want to speak at a conference that's running next January or something. Um, I would say focus on the key topics that you want to be known for and try and post around those topics, starting conversations with your network uh, twice a week until um, you get you know, the visibility that you're after. I love that. And you, I love that you mentioned too, not not posting for clients. Um, I actually was interacting with someone on Instagram and I've had chats with them, you know, mm-hmm. over Zoom and whatnot. And then all of a sudden I got some responses to messages and I'm like, this doesn't sound like this person. Like, I think someone else is now managing their Instagram account and it just leaves you feeling a little weird when <laughs> Yeah, who am I actually talking to? This is weird. Am I talking to a bot or what is this? Well, a funny example that happened to me last week was I... I was, I'm recruiting at the minute in my business and one of the people who had sent their application to me said, oh, I also work with such and such a person. So this other person is an online friend of mine. So I sent her a message, but I said, first of all, is this really you? And I thought, this is such a weird message to send somebody. 
Yeah, you know, but I have, there's been other people where I've messaged them and they go, this is not Sadie, this is her team, but mm. we'll be delighted to pass on the message. I'm like, oh, I feel really, ugh, it's gross. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I I definitely that doesn't ever sit with me well. So I have to know that that's not the route you go. I also saw a post on your blog regarding a like written for you or written with you. So do you do both of those services for people Mm -hmm. where you either it sounds like you can write them posts, obviously, they're still posting it, but then you also work with them to learn how to write their own posts. Is that correct? Yes, so um, it's my business has, has really developed, I think probably since the pandemic because of the need for it. But basically, I, I help people understand how to use LinkedIn. So I do this um, session called the LinkedIn VIP session where we rewrite your print profile together and then I show you how to use LinkedIn. Then some clients say, well, Louise, this is great, but I need some support going forward. So with those people, it's really the done with you service where we meet once a month and we go over what are you going to talk about how how is that going to look best you know should you do a linkedin event should you um, talk about these particular topics how what hashtags would you be using for that and then other clients who are probably the ones who are like super super busy and just like louise i just i love everything you're saying about this but I do not have time in my life to have to think about this and for those people um I've just onboarded two women actually in the last week to do this with them and uh, we get into the nitty-gritty of their what they want to be known for so completely different women um and we dive into everything who are they trying to connect with what are their main subjects they want to be talking about and I ask them, you know, who are the influencers you follow? What are the web media websites that you and your network would be interested in? And for those people, we write two posts a week for them, which we send to them, and then they upload them and post them themselves. Oh, I love that. That's there's a lot of options then for people in terms of the support they can get for this area. Cause I know it, it's scary for a lot of people to put themselves yeah. out there. And, you know, I think everybody feels like they need to be doing it, but knowing how to get started can, can be super scary. Yeah. And I think for a lot of the people that sign up to work with me, it is almost like, can you just hold my hand Louise for three months? Mm-hmm. And then I'll be, then I, then I think I'll have it figured out. And I love that because then at the end of the three months, they're like, either they're like, well, I'm, you know, we're just one of my clients in California. She's in Oakland. She's like, well, you know, you're just part of my team now and I really enjoy our meetings together. So yeah, we're just continue working together. Whereas another one who's in New Jersey, she's like, I think I've got it now. Um, and, you know, everything's been brilliant. And if I need you again, I know how to come and book a session with you. So both of those delight me, you know, I, I genuinely love the women that I end up working with. They're just really, a lot of them are very inspiring. No, that's fantastic. It kind of sounds like uh, what I have set up with my therapist, you know, it was like, okay, I need like a whole year, you know, (laughs) twice a week sessions. And then I was like, I think I got this, but do I still have you on call? Like, (laughs) you're like my LinkedIn therapist now. That should be one of my, uh, I could be like my new model, the LinkedIn therapist. <laughs> yeah, because I, from what I've heard from people in our community is that 
I think there's more of a fear of posting on LinkedIn where you're connected with work colleagues. So whereas Facebook and Instagram, you may have private accounts, um, or maybe you don't have allow work people to follow you there. And so there's really a fear about like posting something that, you know, could look bad on you or ruin future job prospects. I think there is a lot more fear just in using the platform. Maybe that's why we see only 1% of people posting. I don't know. You're, you're absolutely right. There's, there's several reasons why people don't, that people come to me because they have a fear of, of posting. They don't know how to post or they're overwhelmed at the idea of it. And it's really interesting because I was just speaking to a university in England this morning and they want to bring me on for um, a program um, to talk to their students about how to use LinkedIn but from you know when they arrive at university so that when they're leaving, it's not like an afterthought and then their employer goes to look for them online and their digital footprint is a mess. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's kind of, there's a whole piece around, you know, be aware of what you're saying online because it's very hard to wipe that clean. Thank goodness when I was at university, we didn't have social media. <laughs> um, I know there but, are some pros to that. Yes, I, I think definitely. that's great that a university is bringing you in and making that you know, a part of their curriculum. Because, you know, I'm, I'm curious if, you know, maybe there's people out there who aren't ready to like, build a speaking career or whatnot. But I personally think building a brand in your area of expertise is still fantastic, because it does allow for better job prospects. Mm. But I'd be curious to know your input on that as well. Like, let's say you're not looking for leads, you're not looking for a new job. Is there still a pro to posting, keeping yourself current mm-hmm. just for future opportunities? hundred percent. So an example of, um, as we're recording this, there has been a, a television program here in the UK that's been screened about um, the menopause mm-hmm. and perimenopause and the number of people having conversations around that on LinkedIn um, and the companies having an actual policy around the menopause and these conversations are happening and I think that's wonderful because people are connecting with other people and building a network around them you know LinkedIn has groups they're not they are not like Facebook groups okay like hopefully they will be improving but you can you can create a group of maybe you know, all the women who work in your, if you work at a big, large company, if you all get together and create a LinkedIn group that only yous can join and you can have conversations around supporting each other. And, you know, um, the other thing this university was talking about, they were honestly genuinely inspired by them. They, they're setting up a mentoring program where the second years are going to mentor the first years and the postgraduates are going to mentor the second years and I thought that's just amazing I mean that to have ha- to have that support offered to you and um, from people who are studying in the same field as you I thought that's wonderful and we are talking about creating some kind of LinkedIn groups around that to support that so it's not just for looking for jobs or for people who you know want to be I don't know building a, a video presence online it's also for finding other people out there who can help you with the questions that you have about your career or um, what's going on in your professional life, definitely. 
That's fantastic. I love it. Well, this has been wonderful. I know there's some tips that you gave me that I'll be writing down. So I appreciate the therapy session. I've been <laughs> reinvigorated to get out there and post and take a look and clean up my profile as well. So, um, and then just for all the listeners, if you are interested, we will be hosting event with Luis on July 22nd, um, 2021, um, about optimizing your LinkedIn, um, and diving deep into all those great topics. So definitely tune into that and then, um, check out Luis's website. If you want some help, if you need some therapy for LinkedIn, <laughs> uh, or if you just, you know, want some coaching in that area, uh, sh she will make sure that you get to where you want to go. So Thank you, Louise, so much for joining us. We did have, um, I do have a, a offer for your listeners that if they use um, the, if they use the code data, they get 10% off my services. So they're very welcome awesome. to use that. Perfect. Yeah, we'll definitely take advantage of that. Um, discounts are always welcome. So <laughs> thank you so much, Louise. This has been a pleasure. Thank you. I really, I really enjoyed it, Sadie. Thanks so much for asking me.